Uh, kia ora rā, Rupert. No my hoki mai ki tō mātou uh, i pāho e kia nei. Ko Hiram Figures, nice to have you back with us. And our kaupapa is just really around um, the stock market and even like our KiwiSaver. If you can just give us an overview. And I know this is the first time we've done this type of episode on our podcast, but I hope um, this becomes a norm <laughs> uh, and that we can continuously have you back on our podcast to kind of um, share this information to help our people and our following understand how the stock market works, how to read it, uh, and what are the, the need to know um, in this type of environment. So let's roll the intro. So I think just over to you on where you think you want to start with, with where we're at this past month. Cool. So kia ora everyone and thank you so much for allowing me to come back and it's great to be here to um, kōrero with you all. I think it's probably worth talking a little bit more than the past month, right? Because it's been one of the more interesting years um, and in finance terms when we say interesting that means lots of bad news um, for over the last kind of nine months um, that this year has been right we got to the end of last year markets hitting all-time highs and a massive recovery from the back of the, the COVID um, but what we've seen this year is kind of we've seen a massive change in financial conditions We've seen um, inflation, so costs, everyday costs, continue to move higher, far higher than anyone ever thought. And as a result, you've got central banks who kind of control the supply of money, um, raising interest rates to kind of try and quash and squash that inflation. Um, and the reason they do that is because inflation hurts every single person. Basically, if inflation is high and inflation is the cost, it's the rate at which prices go up. So if today I pay $2 for an ice cream, tomorrow I pay $2.50, that means that I've had 25% inflation in the cost of that ice cream. And so if inflation is going really high, then it makes it really hard for me to afford anything. I can't afford to kind of go spend money on my kids. I can't afford to do a whole lot of things. And um, it means that kind of inflation can push people into poverty. And what do central banks do, right? So central banks go, that's not a great outcome. That's not where we want people to be. So what they look to do is we call, they tighten the supply of money. And they do that by raising interest rates. And so interest rates, when they rise, what that does is that makes everything quite a bit more expensive, right? Um, I, my mortgage is now going to cost me a whole lot more each and every month than it did last year. Um, my credit cards, if I've got them and you haven't been listening to Hidden Figures and you still have one, that will now be a whole lot more than it was. Um, and it kind of just brings out a whole lot of that excess spending. And so what we've had happen this year as inflation, so everyday prices get higher, we've seen central banks react by bringing interest rates higher as well. And what that does is from a corporate perspective, that means that um, that's done two things. It pushes their values down, and that's because it's pushing their valuations down, and it's also pushing their earnings down. And my last little piece of background 
before we get into the nitty gritty of the last couple of months. Companies, so if you're invested in the stock market, you're invested in equities, then you buy companies. And so you might, if you're invested in a, in a KiwiSaver fund, you will probably have a diversified set of companies across lots of different companies all over the world. Um, so if you're in a kura diversified world, for example, then you might have two or 3,000 different companies inside your KiwiSaver portfolio. What I find fascinating about what's happened in the last probably nine months, or actually the last two and a half years, really, ever since COVID, we are in such unprecedented scenario. Every time people think they have understood the markets and trying to pick where it's going to go, they end up being wrong. Um, back in 2020, the, I remember that second half of 2020, everyone's saying, this is insane. How can this rally be going so strong? Um, and that kind of went on for another 18 months. Back in November last year, everyone thought we were in a great spot. I kind of hate to say it, my market wrap for the end of uh, Christmas was talking about how we were well set up for a good 2022. Um, we were all wrong. Um, and I think it's mm. a really good lesson for all investors in terms of trying to pick markets, trying to time when they might go up, when they might go wrong. It is very close to impossible. It's been kind of for anyone who's trying to time them or using this as a way to go, cool, should I use this kind of a conversation that I'm listening to as a decision to invest now or invest later or what should I do? The answer is always develop your strategy, figure out your attitude to risk, what your investment horizon is and invest um, because if you try and time it, you'll generally sit on your hands for way too long and miss most of it. So that's kind of the lecture and um, what's been happening. Hopefully that's the main part. Mm, I agree with you on the um, whole wrap-up. Uh, we refixed our mortgage for a year and at that time, so that was in November, and at that time we thought, oh, the interest rates are going to keep going down because our experiences of uh, interest rates, I mean, we've only been, we haven't even been in the market two years, but um, have always been low. So, and, and I still think they are low. Um, anything under 7% personally, we think is low. But I remember in November, like, it's, all, it's fine. One year's fine. They're going to keep going down. And we fixed for, uh, there was, for one year, the interest rate was 2.25. And if we were to fix for two or even three years, it was still like, I think the three year was 3.25 or something like that. And it was 2.95 for two years. It, it was low. Um, but at that time, I was like, no, it's going to go lower. Don't do it. And it, it was all about that whole timing the market attitude and, and believing that, the market was just going to keep keep staying low in terms of interest rates. And then they started going up and we did go into panic mode and we contacted our broker and said, hey, we want to break our term and we want to fix for a longer rate before it shoots up to 7 or 8%. Um, anyway, we did it. He was just saying, it's all right. <laughs> Don't just think long term. Uh, here are your options. Uh, we got our interest rates pretty early. I think they send them out like three months before your 
refixing again. And um, so we were more, from that experience, we were more intentional with how we looked at the interest rates and thought about what is it, how do we want to use this, how do we want to plan it, um, and try to move that emotional attachment away from from our decision. Uh, but I was definitely on a, like a high horse of, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it is what it is, but I, again, it comes back to experience as our greatest teacher, and yeah, you're right, we just never know what the future of the market's going to look like. No, uh, I did exactly the same. So I, <laughs> when I first took out my mortgage, I was petrified, um, so I went out on a five-year fixed term um, because that was the safest option because I knew I could afford it, um, and then unfortunately last year that came up, and I took it out for an 18 months at 2%, um, taking the full view that interest rates can never go up. Um, so I will have my problem in November this year and exactly the same sounding as you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just some um, questions, and I um, know that this is not financial advice, but just around your thoughts on what to do in this climate. I think you've touched on it a bit uh, in your kōrero. But we did have some questions come through our our farangi, and and one of them was around. I've got some spare cash. Uh, is this a good time to buy the dip, or what is a recommended investment strategy in this type of market when when you don't know what's going to happen? Um, what are some starting points yeah. for those who want to get on the market and? and build some good habits in this type of market? Look, I, I would argue the current market is, is a really good time to be doing that. Um, markets are currently down. I mean, the NASDAQ's down kind of 25% year-to-date. Um, the S&P 500 is down about kind of, uh, I think that's down closer to 20%. And so, look, you're much better off doing that today than you were at the start of the year. Um, and so it's you kind of it, it's a scarier time to be starting that investment journey, but at the same time it is a much better time than kind of starting it at the peak, because what do we know, right? Um, historically, markets have always recovered. Um, the average cycle in the markets is kind of any downturn in the markets is any, anywhere between two to four years from peak to trough, and oh sorry, peak to peak again. Um, and so it's kind of, you go, so, but if you're happy to see that investment horizon through and that you're confident mm-hmm. that you will be staying investing for that five years plus, then actually you should be confident um, and you should be confident that you will get the 20% fall that's just happened back um, and hopefully plus a little bit more. The one kind of massive caveat to that though is it's likely to be scary because there will almost definitely be a whole lot of other market dips and ups and downs over the next um, six, 12 months. Um, are we at the bottom yet? Who knows? Um, is it a kind of a smooth path from kind of bottom back up to the top? No way. Um, so I think that's, that is the one thing and the thing that's really hard about investing in times like this is that it can be a really scary journey. And that's why I kind of, my strongest advice to people is set your strategy, make sure your strategy aligns with your investment horizon, 
So if you're not kind of planning on keeping that money there for at least five years, you shouldn't really be investing in the stock market. You're better off probably going and investing in term deposits or, or doing something else. Um, but as long as you're there and you're willing to see it through and that you're not going to pull the money out if it drops, now's a great time to start. The other tip I would kind of think I think is pretty valuable in times like this is an investment strategy called dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you might say, cool, I've got $1,000 to invest at the moment, um, and but I'm quite scared about this. Um, and so because of kind of what's happening in the market and, and where things are at, so I might go, look, I'm just going to put in $250 once a month over the next four months. And so, look, I get a little bit of today. If the market goes up, yeah, I've missed out on that 750 but I've had a little bit invested. Um, but if the market falls, then that next one I, I kind of go. It's a, it's a way to mitigate some of that risk. But I think what's really important for, for people to realize is that whenever you take approaches to mitigate risk, you might get lucky and win, but it can often cost you some money as well. Um, so, yeah, my view would be now's a much better time to start your investment journey than six months ago. It's a much scarier time. Um, but at the same time, hey, you've already got 20, things are 20% cheaper than where they were six months ago. That was so good. It sounds like you follow our page or something. That's something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> now, I appreciate that response. Uh, yeah, we're all for dollar cost averaging and the whole buy and hold corridor and also thinking long-term. And um, with the long-term whakaaro, uh, there are two questions that um, – have come through in regards to KiwiSaver. And the first question is around uh, first home buyers that are looking to buy over the next two years um, have been in a growth fund, not happy with how it's falling. Uh, Those that are thinking of of getting on the property ladder in the next year or two, um, do you have any guidance around the best fund for those type of investors? Yeah, uh, look, I hate to say it, but you need to be in a conservative fund. And I think for those types of investors, it depends a little bit on how important your Kiwi, again, it depends on how important your KiwiSaver is for your first home. Um, But you need to kind of, you need to think about it in your head, right? And saying, look, what would happen to my first home dreams if my KiwiSaver fell by 30%? And are you better off kind of what would do you more damage, a 30% fall in my KiwiSaver or maybe a 20% kind of uplift in my KiwiSaver? Um, Because if you're sitting in a growth fund, that is your range of outcomes. Um, Or alternatively, if you move to a conservative fund, then probably the range of outcomes is more like minus 3 or 4% and plus kind of 4 or 5%, a much tighter set of outcomes so you know what you're playing with. Um, but again, it depends on on kind of how important that KiwiSaver is for you and how you think about those outcomes. But um, it, it definitely kind of, if you are looking to buy the home in the next couple of years, then it, a growth fund is unfortunately not the place to be. And then the flip side of that is uh, we don't have uh, this generation on our um, Instagram page, but 
we all have parents who are of this generation. And so those of us who have parents that are nearing retirement um, in the next five years, and I mean, my dad, I don't know why he looks at us Kiwi so much, but dad's got the app on his phone and he keeps checking it. And um, yeah, so for those that are coming up to retirement in the next five years, um, when should they be looking at moving funds into a more conservative space? Look, so we, we kind of say it's from about 10, 15 years out, um, but it's not moving to conservative immediately. It's actually about kind of slowly making that move. Um, so you might go, you kind of at 50, you might go, look, I'm going to move a little bit into a balance and then every year continue to top up that balance and then move to conservative. It's what's really important to recognise though is that you will be investing, hopefully you keep that money invested. It's not as though 65 or 70 or the age date that you have because you need that money to support you for the next 20, 25 years. Um, and so that's why it's not, I kind of, I completely disagree and I think it's happy to, I think it's terrible advice what some of the banks say, which is you've got to go to conservative uh, when you're approaching retirement. The truth is you've still got 25 years left or 20 years left as an investor um, and you need your money to keep on working for you. And so it's about kind of coming up with a balanced approach and then slowly each and every year moving some of your money into a balanced and then into a conservative um, and the other reason I say slowly doing it is because one of the things you don't want to have to do as an investor is have cliffs. And by a cliff, what I mean is going, imagine if you t- today you kind of hit that magic age of kind of 60 where the bank says you need to move from balanced to conservative. What that means is you're selling your equities because your, your balanced fund has a whole lot of um, equities in it, growth assets in it and moving to conservatives. Whereas if you can just every year do a little bit of a shift, then it kind of, it doesn't really matter what the market is doing when you make that move. So that's what we always recommend at Cotter. It's just each and every year from the age of kind of 45 to 50, you make slight tweaks to your KiwiSaver, and then you just don't care what's happening in the markets because um, it's only small movements on the way through. Mm, Kilda. And then our last part though is around crypto uh and it's down and what should people do so my big question is what has changed for you in your investment thesis and so Mm -hmm. a, a big thing that we always say is you should only be investing in crypto if if you have an or you should only invest in anything sorry if you have an investment thesis Um, I invest in the US stock market because I believe the US economy will keep on growing and companies will keep on delivering good profits. Personally, I invest in cryptocurrencies because I think that the traditional, that they have the potential to disrupt the current financial system um, and change the way we think about money. Yep, cryptocurrencies are well and truly down versus where they were. The last month, they're down about 20%. Um, But has my my fundamental investment thesis changed? Has that 20% change that potential for me personally no Um, but I think what we are starting to see in the crypto market is it is very very volatile um, and does seem to be reacting as a 
really, really strongly to any changes in risk sentiment. So when things get a little bit scarier in the market, so I think I described it in my market update as when there's a ripple in the equity market, it causes a tidal wave in the crypto market. Um, and that is kind of what we're starting to see. But I would hope that anyone that invested in crypto was aware of and kind of expects massive volatility. I hope you've also created your investment case and you just need to be constantly testing yourself against that investment case. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you have any last words before I wrap this up? Uh, no. Oh, look, one thing I say, I think the next couple of months could be scary. Um, it, there could be, it could go up, it could go down. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen. But I think I have to say, find your strategy, stick to your strategy, um, and don't let short-term market movements influence long-term decisions. Um, so the biggest mistake as an investor you can make um, is reacting to short-term market movements. So just as you're, if you're getting nervous, if you're getting scared, if you're kind of thinking, oh, what does this mean? Always drop us an email. Uh, we're always happy to get on the phone and talk to, to you and help you through it. But um, please just kind of patience. And um, if anything, don't look. Mm. Kia ora tēnā rā koe e nei koro uh, i te rangi nei Rupert Thank you for sharing your kōrero uh, with us today And I just want to give some feedback So Coda has been popping up in random places And <laughs> so I just want to thank uh, your team for your positive contribution to our communities I mean it's very cool to randomly hear people talking about Coda And it's not coming from me, um, yeah, here in Hawke's Bay. So your contribution to providing wealth education to our people is getting out there. And I just want to thank uh, you and your team for your effort. And also as the founder of your company that you're front-facing a lot of this uh, means a lot in the whole finance space. It's very rare that you're meeting with directors and founders and all of that random jargon of titles um, but just really appreciate because for me it's a representation of your values and that at the forefront you care about people and you care about uh, people understanding financial literacy and I hope uh, a lot of other organisations take a leaf out of your book um, so thank you for your contribution and I look forward to having you guys in our community sometime soon um, delivering some in-person kaupapa but tēnā rā koe e nā kōrero. Kia ora e te whanau. just a disclaimer from us at the Hidden Figures podcast. Our content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is very important to do your own rangahau before making any investment decisions based on your own personal circumstances. We are not financial advisors nor do we have a license to provide professional advice. We are simply sharing our own journey and our own personal piako in the hopes to help you normalise financial kōrero with your whanau. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. Wishing you all blessings and abundance and reminder, wealth is for us. Rehiki te kō e te whanau.